Welcome to the Aesthetic Entrepreneurs GSD, the number one podcast for aesthetic and beauty business owners who want to get stuff done and become the entrepreneurs the world needs them to be. Many of you out there are uncertain, overwhelmed, and confused about this thing called business. Where there's uncertainty, we give you comfort. Where there's overwhelm, we create calm. Where there's confusion, we provide clarity. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Date at Eight, um, the return of Data 8. For those of you who um, don't know what Data 8 is, it's where we go live at 8 o'clock and basically just talk shit for an hour or so normally. Um, <laughs> but tonight, that ain't going to happen because we've got <laughs> special guests. I've got people to back me up and support me. Um, and um, before we get stuck into that, first thing I want to do is just recognise Rick for... <laughs> This week, demonstrating how we do things in aesthetic entrepreneurs. We don't mess yes. about when we're it was, demonstrating. It was all when we are, we lead from the front. So, bear in mind, right? This is Rick leading from the front. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh about it now. I can't stop watching it though because the thing is, is it's quite it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah. it's absolute classic. Go. Your son, go. <laughs> uh, I feel like sometimes oh. that is literally how I start the week, or like how business <laughs> feels. Like you just pour. So what I want to know at this point here. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking, Rick? Tell us. Tell us what oh, was going wow. ahead. I was thinking, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, I could definitely imagine you were thinking, fuck. But um, yeah, so uh, just I point out to those of you watching this, you you should wear a helmet. But hats off to you, mate, for showing your son how it's done um, successfully. Well done. Bravo. Thank you very much. Um, Just as a bit of context. My son was fully kitted out, helmet, pads, everything. And he'd been stood at the top of the, the ramp, which, by the way, when you're on the top of it, it looks pathetic on the video, but when you're on the top of it, you may as well be jumping in from the top of the shard. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, and I wanted to show him that it was easy uh, because I did it 30-odd years ago. Um, so I did do it successfully. And then I said, film it so you can watch it back. And the one that he filmed first, I absolutely stacked it, as you've seen. And I'm pretty sure I got whiplash from that because my head bounced on the floor. Yeah. And then I did it, got straight back up and did it again to show him, you've got to do that, otherwise the fear will stay with you. Um, but as, as Richard said, it was actually a thoroughly planned out lesson in entrepreneurism. Absolutely. Leave from the front. <laughs> leave nothing behind. <laughs> Leave it all on the map. Leave it all on the map. I like even jump the out of the plane and then plan the making of the parachute on the way down. I know. I even like how you managed to demonstrate to him the correct way to lie on the floor writhing in pain. That was really good. It was good, wasn't it? Did you hear the swearing or did they stop it before that? <laughs> no, there was no swearing. There's no swearing. 
That's very <laughs> cool. But thanks for yeah, thanks for demonstrating that. So I know Rick wasn't he can't stay with us for long because he's dad taxi today, but um Thanks. I'm dead tech, he can't stay because he's too embarrassed. <laughs> too, too, too mortified to be here for any longer. <laughs> so I will. I will come back next week as a professional person. Awesome. We'll see. You, we'll see you next week, Rick. <laughs> Enjoy. See ya. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> so as we get into the actual, the real reason we're here. So I want to introduce you to um, Steve Harris. Um, a very good friend of mine. We were before we went live. We were sort of just chatting and realized that we first became acquainted back in two thousand and four. So when? So what were you doing in two thousand and four, Stevie? So I think I was, I was in just... year nine. <laughs> <laughs> Steve was in year nine, and um, yeah, we'll, and we'll, we'll cover. I'm sure you all know Steve. If you don't, you will do by this time. But we're going to go straight in with it, Steve. So, so you have. I suppose to say recently, probably recently, come out from under the radar a little bit, gone quite a bit, quite vocal uh, about you know certain um, chat aspects in the aesthetics market, which we will come on to. But you've been in the sector for since two thousand and four. Um, for a bit of context, I was probably your your first filler rep when I was working. I think it was Inamed actually before Allegan bought Inamed um, yeah. with Hydrofill, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> You were, were and still are based in Crouch End in North London. Um, you were and still are working in the same building that you were back in then. Yes, I refer to Couchon. Couchon. It gives it a... <laughs> Couchon. <laughs> Crouch it End. Or, yeah. Couchon. No, and it's we... another in all honesty. Um, it is. It's very beautiful. It's a nice little place. Uh, we, we used to go for lovely lunches in that nice yeah, little exactly. place where Bob Dylan had falafel. That's right. Yeah, uh, banners, banners, banners. That's the one. Um, and um, yeah, so 2004 till now, you've been a great length of time in the business. But so, tell us about the, the early stages of the, of the market. I mean, we were talking beforehand, and you know, what's the big things that you've kind of noticed since yeah, 2004 to now? It's a bit of a broad question, but you know, you've you've, you've managed. <laughs> what I like about the way you've worked is you've managed to stay local. You've not kind of mm. have gone massive. But you are still one of the largest users of toxin mm. in the country. Mm. So how mm. the hell did you manage that? Yeah, one of the largest single users. Um, how did I manage it? I mean, well, we were talking a bit about it before, and I think um, the real ingredient, I would say, is passion. Actually, I've always been very passionate about um, what I do, and everything else is kind of fallen into place as a result. So I didn't go into the business to um, to make money principally and, 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 and all that. I really just followed my passion. I was a GP for a while and, and got fed up and, and bored with that. And the moment I saw, you know, these courses being advertised, it immediately grabbed my attention. And um, because I'm also, you know, I, I, I do art. I'm, I'm an artist. I draw um, it, it was just a kind of uh, natural avenue for me to pursue, you know, and um, I pursued it with with, with passion and, and vigor and, and, as you said, consistency. So, it, it, you know, and then the numbers just uh, grew. I think people pick up on that, you know, they, when you're when you're passionate about something, of course, you have to you have to be good at what you do as well. Um, and uh, they, they pick up on it. And so slowly it grew. It, it was it was a process. Um, and then it kind of reached a point where it just kind of shot up, you know. So I, 
so with a lot of hard work, dedication, persistence, passion, um, it, it, it developed. And then, um, you know, in terms of what I've seen change on the market, obviously these type of procedures have become a lot more popular, haven't they? Mm. Um, a lot more people doing them. Um, there are a lot more practitioners on the market now, I mean, and especially without uh, without having any regulations in our country, everyone's everyone's doing it pretty much. Um, and so you have to kind of set yourself uh, apart a little from 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 the others in, in, mm. in that sense. And um, I think the ingredients were there for me to do that. Um, and then more recently, um, you know, with I've always been outspoken against unnatural looking results. And especially now with social media, all these exaggerated uh, um, typed results. And we talked about alienization and I think it, 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 it reached the media. And then so recently it, it really took off. Uh, I was in the Hollywood press and then the times and, and then, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of like gone global now. Yeah. Um, but I never set out to do that initially. I mean, that wasn't, it just happened. But I think when you do, like you said, you know, passion and being, being outspoken. And um, again, I think, you know, for me, when we first sort of came, I started to understand your, your drive and your passion for the, let's, you know, anti-alienization. I think that's what, that's kind of what it's being called. Um, you know, there's a lot of support you have in AE from, from that is we were at Aesthetic Medicine Live in Manchester. And um, you were doing a talk about, I can't remember what the, t- the title of the talk was, but it was essentially, it was about, I think, you know, body dysmorphic behaviour within the sector, to be fair. And mm-hmm. you went up on stage, refused to stand and maybe get you a chair, which was cool. You know, I love love the style. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, I'm not standing up. I'm sitting down. So, okay, that's fine. Sat down and just went through your sides. And you were, you, know, you were very, very direct. And you, one of the things that really struck me was slightly awkward but damn but bang on was you put a slide up that basically showed a very over treated pair of lips and you said that a lot of people do this but you also said that there's people in this room who look like this and they were and you know obviously everybody's eyes turned to this particular person who did have that but what you did was you brought out an unspoken truth and the unspoken truth was that practitioners look like that as well and making their clients look like that yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, I didn't directly say, oh, and there's someone sitting in the room, but I, no, what I did is I, 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 and, and I do make a point of the, of this is to say that, um, you know, that practitioners have, have lost it in that sense as well. Um, and I talk about the, the, the causes or the reasons for that. And in fact, we did a survey, um, me and my colleague, I don't know if you know Dr. Nita Johnson, she's a psychiatrist who, does aesthetic procedures and we we did the survey i think it was 2016 where we found a higher rate of uh, body dysmorphic disorder amongst practitioners than patients at 16 percent whereas in the patient population it's around eight to 15 percent and so i think it's important to to be aware of that because um there are uh, consequences to this um, so for example, um, if you have body dysmorphic disorder, you see things in a particular way, which is, um, distorted. And then there's this, you become preoccupied with, uh, or fixated with detail. Um, and so this may explain a lot of what's going on. I think it's one, it's one cause of, and so I do make a point of, uh, of, 
of addressing that um, because I think it's important that we get everything out in the open, mm. um, you know, because I think a lot of stuff in our industry has been suppressed um, for too long. In fairness, it's, 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 it's a young industry and, you know, mm. and it's, it's, it's growing. But uh, I think that um, the way it's heading at the moment is, um, is not particularly healthy and uh, you just need to go onto Instagram to see what's going on. And we need to, we need to, I think, um, manage that. I think one of the interesting things that's come up, I um, mean, you mentioned very early on that you were involved in art. And I think it's really interesting to, you know, we talk about it being quite a young profession. Um, but because there's so many people going into it, I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people go into it for the wrong reasons. I think there are a lot of people in the industry that, as you say, have their own issues and insecurities. And people go into it going, it's an easy way for me to make, to make money and things like that. Don't necessarily have the passion and definitely don't have the eye for the art. And certainly being in a um, kind of training capacity, I've encountered a lot of people who just go, yeah, but how much do I put in and how much do I put here and what do I do here? And I can't, I say to those people, I can't teach you that. I have to, you have to look at a face as a whole and appreciate that. And I think one of the problems from my point of view is seeing a lot of very, very young medical professionals who maybe are literally straight out of nursing school going, I want to do the aesthetics. You know, it's great that you want to do that. But I think you actually need to have some appreciation for human beings first and and working with them first. And also you've got to have an eye for the art. And I'm not sure that a lot of people necessarily have that. And the amount of times you get asked, how much do you put in? How much do you put in here? What product can I use? I think that's one of the problems, certainly with some younger practitioners that are coming through at the moment. Yeah, that's a really good point. And there's a curious thing that I've noticed too, and that is that our knowledge of anatomy uh, is really increasing rapidly with respect to the the face. But it's, uh, you know, but it's not, it seems like artistry is, is being put to one side. It's, it's not something which is uh, discussed or dealt with at all. Um, you know, so, and, and you'll see people sort of um, justifying what they're doing anatomically, but not, um, not Statistically, mm-hmm. and shows in the results, you know, and so even these very, very highly qualified, um, you know, uh, people who've been uh, who, who are trainers or who've been practicing mm-hmm. for for many years, and you know, and and, and their results just it's it's not right, mm-hmm. and so you know, there, there are no sort of criteria for uh, selection, um, and I think in part that's to do with the lack of regulations we have, especially in in this country. And so, um, yeah, the lack of artistry is, is, is a real problem. It's a real problem. And, uh, you know, and, and, then, and then you have all these formulaic approaches and um, mm-hmm. codes and, and, and so forth. And to me, they're uh, a diversion, a detraction. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't allow us to get in touch with our artistic sides, which is really what we need to be doing, mm-hmm. um, either through art classes or, 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 or whatever. Mm. Do you, I mean, I think from, um, if I look at it from my, my experience in this is, you know, from sales, marketing and the manufacturing aspects of it, a lot of this all started to happen when the filler, fillers became denser. So, you know, wait, let's, you know, let's go back to 2003. We had, I had three products to sell you, right? Juvida, it was, uh, I had um, Hydrofill grade one, grade two or grade three. That was it. And... <laughs> 
soft line did soft line come after that soft line came afterwards um soft line and soft line max you love yeah that's it soft line they were quite revolutionary products as i remember you still mourn the passing of Softline. I'll give you. I found a box of Softline pens somewhere. I'll get <laughs> one. But um, but the thing with Softline, Softline essentially became effectively Juvenile Ultra was yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially became into. Yeah. But then all that then after that we started to get things like Voluma coming through. Yeah, and the thicker, more dense, the denser products. And that for me was when it, that's when it all started to go. That coupled with the explosion of the market, you know, two thousand and eight was when the market really went. And weirdly, it kind of coincided with the um, recession, the, the Great Recession. And the market actually grew rapidly at that point. I think a lot of that was down to the fact that people were, you know, even made redundant or fear of losing their jobs, fear of being back in that, that market, started to look at having treatments, you know, to, to basically com- compete with the younger market, younger generation or the younger people coming through. So that, Coupled with, as you say, with a lack of tr- understanding of the the artistry of it all, has created some challenges. How do you think we, you know, dig ourselves out of this? Well, we have to raise awareness. People need to become aware of, of, of what's going on. And the fact is, I mean, it's it, again something very curious. A lot of people just don't see mm. um, what it is that that we see, and there are all sorts of reasons. For them, and image disorders like body dysmorphic disorder uh, may may have something to do with that. Um, and so, I think it's really a matter of having these kind of discussions and raising mm. awareness, which is what I'm busy doing on on, on on Instagram, trying to you know. And it's not a very popular view to take. Let me tell you, it's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of negativity associated with that. Mm. Um, but um, but. I think it has to start with um, raising awareness and, you know, um, mm. starting to uh, act more responsibly because, and I keep mentioning this as, as, as practitioners, our duty of care is to first do no harm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And these type of procedures is where you're overfilling and, and distorting features are associated with risk. And so, this has to take a priority, you know, and if you look at an example, and I always bring this up because it's, it's, it's so popular now on Instagram of, you know, Russian lips, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so if we, if we take that as an, an example, you know, it's something complete distortion of anatomy, um, um, something which is um, unnatural in some, in some, it, it may be natural, but, you know, giving everyone that kind of flat heightened look is, 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 is just is wrong. And, and we know it's associated with, um, with with greater risks, for example, of, of, of vascular occlusions. Um, and so raising awareness, I think, is the, the key to, to changing and, and talking about all these kind of things like mm-hmm. artistry and really addressing all, all these points. And, and, you know, we've all been quiet for just too long. And, yeah. uh, um, and I think that if, if Instagram is anything to go by, and I think it is, um, and certainly my dissolving clinic, I have a very busy uh, dissolving clinic, which has really sort of exploded now. And, and so I'm seeing more and more of these kind of uh, results every day. Um, so if, if that's anything to go by, then we're, you know, things are getting worse. And we're really sitting on a, a, a time bomb here, I think, especially with 
respect to the psychology, I think uh, aesthetic medicine is becoming a, a, a breeding ground for mental health disorders. And so we really need to to tackle this right now. I think one of the other things is being brave enough as a either a practitioner or actually some of the people that are involved in training, it's being brave enough to turn around to say somebody, I don't think that you're right for this position. Like, I don't think this role is right for you because again, you know, having been involved with some training and things like that, there are people there that I think then you're not right to do this because you, you don't have an eye for it. You don't have an understanding for it. And I'm not confident that as you say, the artistry and the safety of the patients is going to be something that's at the forefront of your mind, not, not through want of trying, but just because, it, you know, not everybody's a talented singer or musician because they don't have the talent to do it. And I think it's exactly the same. And it's, it's knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and acknowledging that not everybody's right to do it. And I think also calling out other practitioners when they're doing the wrong thing is really important. Um, and you don't need to do that in a negative way. Um, it, um, you know, you can do it in a constructive way. Um, so, you know, not bringing out loads of kind of controversy and hate and everything, but just just making a point of saying it's not right for everybody. And do you kind of have what it takes and are you committed to it? Yeah, and that can be a really thing because there is um, a lot of practitioners will have a lack of awareness. So they won't be aware of the fact that they're, for example, let's say not autistic. They'll think their their results are really very artistic and, and they'll sort of put them on social media realizing so they they lack awareness Mm -hmm. and and people lack awareness but they're conscious about it so Mm -hmm. they're consciously unaware but the worst kind is when you're unconsciously unaware and i think that unfortunately um problem in our industry with a lot of practitioners who are unconsciously unaware they're unaware and they're they don't realize it we'll move on to a different subject in a sec but i think from from my point of view, and again, you know, it's great having these conversations because it completely aligns with the belief and point of the setting entrepreneurs in that, you know, 2004, going back to those days, I was so chuffed and you know, felt really privileged to be part of the sector. When I told people what I did for a living, you know, I work with, you know, I work with B- Botox, I can say it here, you know, I work with Botox and they're like, wow. And we'd have, you know, go to a dinner party. And as soon as someone found out what I was doing, Literally, all the blokes would disappear off, and I was in the kitchen talking about injectables. And I'd love, you know, I, I still, I still get a kick out of it. But the problem is, is that now I feel that that has been eroded over time. It's not quite yeah. as special as it mm-hmm. used to be. I don't feel the same way. Sometimes I feel a little grubby. And my mission in AE is, you know, partly to raise standards, but do it through the marketing. So we don't talk about price. And you look at the US market and, you know, price per unit of both of, of in toxins, about $7. It's almost a 30% more than it is in the UK. The yeah. Yeah. Are almost double the cost. Yeah. They are yeah. In the UK. Crazy. And, and, you know, I almost said if, if a filler cost 200 pounds of uh, a syringe, half the problems would disappear because mm-hmm. vulnerable people couldn't afford to have it. So it's just left with those who want it and can afford to have it. So, you know, we've all got a bit of responsibility to, 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 to move this on, to have the, have the uncomfortable conversations, you know, mm-hmm. accept that, you know, we know the truth. We've just got to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and history and all these things have got to come into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, you've been talking about this. I mean, also ever since I've known you, you know, this, um, this change in becoming sort of uh, from being, let's say, proud to slowly, you talk about it being eroded slowly, and it's something that you've 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 expressed. Um, 
but yeah, I think you've done something really wonderful here. And this is a way of being constructive um, and in, in trying to uh, change, change the direction of where we're headed. Absolutely. So we got a few, few comments. Um, Emma said, I love this guy. Didn't know you know, knew him. See, I roll with all the <laughs> celebs. We're now Hollywood reporter, you know, level. That's where we are. Totally with you on the anti-alienization thing. Uh, Anita, I love your artistry and thinking behind the every practitioner should learn how to draw the face before they mm. inject. Sculpture, sculpture, it would probably be, I think, you know, it's yeah, like Ultimately. You, you, you gain an intimate, whether it be a sculpture or drawing, you gain a kind of um, intimate appreciation of shape and also in particular um, shade and light, which is really what we're busy doing uh, with the face, uh, which is maximizing area of areas of, of light and, and smoothing out the transitions between uh, light and, and, and shade. Sumato, Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. Um, refer to it as, and, 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 and it's no different in, 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 in aesthetic medicine. And I talk about that on my online course. Not that I'm here to promote my online course. No, no, talk <laughs> about your online course. Please, please. This is aesthetic entrepreneurs. No, no, no. But, but so, so through drawing, and even if you go to a single drawing class, I think it, it can really um, change the way you look at things rather than approaching the face from a surgeon's point of view, which is kind of what's, what's happening now. And uh, um, so, yeah, so, so I think that's, um, that's what's, that's what's needed. And I encourage all practitioners, no matter at what, you know, what stage you are in, in your career to, to consider doing that, whether it be drawing or, or sculpture or, or something artistic um, to get in touch with your your artistic side, I think that will uh, make all the difference, and, and will will also set you aside from 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 everyone else as well. Um, although ideally we want everyone to be doing this, but um, just it's as incentive, in it. I did earlier this year, like was get back in touch with it and do um, some drawing because I, I literally haven't drawn since school, so I've always been very creative. But I haven't done any drawing, and I was like, okay, well maybe I should do this. Like I've got loads of time. And it really, really helped me because what, the way you draw is obviously to, you know, if you, if you look at a tutorial on how to draw anything. So let's say you take a pair of lips and you want to draw them. The way you draw them is you map out the tubercles. So you draw the little spheres yeah. or, or um, you know, whatever kind of shapes it is in the lips that you're trying to draw. And yeah. then you kind of join everything up that way. Well, that's exactly the same as what you need to do when you're mapping out a face, when you're doing fillers in the lips is you need to map out the tubercles. And then how are you going to join that together and how are you going to make it smooth? And, and so it's exactly the same process. Exactly. Yeah. And with drawing in particular, what I found is you're, you're bringing shapes out. And um, in aesthetic medicine, it's it's kind of like an indirect beautification rather than sort of jumping in there to make something big. You, you, you take a more holistic view and you bring you bring shape and form out. And um, I find that that's uh, a useful way of doing things. Um, and it's very difficult to do formulaically, like with codes and things like that, where you, you know, you've got one, two, three and that, that kind of thing. It doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and I can often tell, for example, when a patient has had codes or when someone's used codes on them. Um, so, you know, it, it, it can be maybe helpful to some up to a point, but you also need to learn to let go of that and, and not depend on it too much. Right. Yeah. Agree. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you're right. And that, that comes, I, I, like you say, I think the, the, the codes approach 
takes people to a certain point. And then after that, it's got to be about artistry and about, you know, take the training wheels yeah. off and explore and, and go and do these sorts of things. So, um, but yeah, well, please, um, before we finish today, we'll definitely talk about your online course. Um, cause I think, uh, in fact, talk about it now because I think it's going to have a massive amount of value for people watching or listening. Cause we are. No, so the world- um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an entrepreneurial thing, I think. Um, but I felt that there was um, a niche for it, a need for it. Um, and it basically, um, the approach is one which is holistic, artistic, and less is more, and really deals with uh, normalization, which is normalizing uh, results. And really, that's it. And uh, it deals with facial reshaping, how to the ideal fashion and uh, the technique I developed for lips called the non-surgical lip lift, which is the antidote to the Russian lip technique. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's it's available just drharristraining.co.uk. Um, cool. And yeah, it's been the uptake for the course has been excellent. So I'm I'm very proud of that. So you are an entrepreneur. Um, so we're going to jump onto the uh, the Dr. Harris anti wrinkle face mask. Oh yes, yeah. yeah I want one of these as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, I want one of these. I want one of these. So, so talk us through because obviously I was, I was, um, I was, you know, involved in very, very early yeah. stages of yeah, yeah. the face marks to enough to know. Basically, I think my my contribution to it was um, that's a brilliant idea. Uh, you should definitely run with that. And yeah. then you met someone who knew how to do it much better than I did. And I went, yeah, go with her. She knows exactly what she's doing. Um, good luck. And I was right because she did know what she was doing. Yeah, she had, she, she had the right contacts and, and it such a, plays such an important role. Um, but, yeah, this was uh, a mask I developed. I was on a flight from... Um, from London to Toronto, my family live out there, and uh, I was on the plane, and they were handing out these kind of sleep masks, and for whatever reason, I was distressed and, and frowning, and, and as I put it on, I was just like, I was doing this, and I was like, I wish it could do this to me and help me relax, and <laughs> the idea came to me, um, and it, it developed over many years, I think six six years. Um, it, it was a lot of hard work, and getting it patented all over uh, in China, it, it, it was a lot of hard work and, and also uh, a lot of money as well, I should say. But um, again, something I felt very passionate about. Um, and uh, more recently, Current Body have took it over. Um, and so I get a little royalty from them. But they're just uh, amazing sort of marketing and, and um, uh, um, um, team. They're just uh, incredible uh, PR um, phenomenal with uh, contacts all over the world and it's just it's gone global and mm. so it's um it's quite nice to see to see it and uh yeah they they this is a current body um and um yeah it's great it's got good reviews and you know it's uh it actually it actually does something it, it does what it says it will do so it's it's quite uh it's quite a neat thing We've got clinical data because you did a study because, um, you know, you being you underpinned it with data, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I, we did a, uh, a random control trial and obviously I got external examiners in to uh, minimize 
uh, bias, and it was a proper study which uh, won the uh, research award from the British College of Aesthetic Medicine. Um, and so that was a, that was really great. Um, and so yes, it has data behind it, um, and there are still a few uh, a few ideas I have on ways to improve it. Um, even more, but we'll see. So, yeah, that's that's quite a um, a neat thing, I think. Yeah, 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 just tip: don't improve it. It's called the deluxe model. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Okay. I have to tell you this. Plus. I, I, I have to say this. I'm, I'm not. I don't like this. Doesn't come to me now. Even sitting here and talking about it and almost kind of upsetting it doesn't come naturally to me i have to be honest and so it's great that um current body have, have taken it over and, and are doing that um, mm. i feel a lot more comfortable being behind the scenes and suddenly i was thrust right to the forefront with all these interviews with like you know the, the, um all these big sort of papers and 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 magazines all over the world and sitting here and doing these zooms and it's not it's i'm out of my comfort zone doing it, it it's just but uh, so it's been a it's been an interesting experience but i i'm i'm really i prefer to even even on instagram i mean you know i do the posts you you won't see me sort of getting on that often to you know, I talk two minutes just to my audience and I, because it's just not uh, neat. But it, it means that you do need to step outside of your comfort zone uh, with these kind of things. You, you've, you've got to do things uh, uncomfortably. Um, and it, it gets it gets a little bit easier. Um, although even now, just talking about it, I, I do feel a little bit uncomfortable now, I have to say. Yeah, but we need people. We need people like you, Steve, because um, what is it that Richard and I say? I'm really sick of people getting up on stage in a shiny suit and just spouting Latin to me because everybody's the same. So we need people who are a little bit more self-deprecating. So I really like that. Thanks right, so okay. much. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, people who don't stand up, just get, get me a chair, Richard. I don't want to stand. Get me a chair. I'm not standing. I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I, that's never happened to me before or since. So that's why it's stuck in my mind. It's like, well, yeah, of course. But yeah. I mean, a bit of, you know, I think humility in this sector is definitely, I think, a, 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 a valued a trait, a, you know, a quality trait. Um, so, you know, you've got the the, the doctor, the, the clinic in in, in Crouchend. Crouchon. Crouchon, sorry, in Crouchon. <laughs> uh, make sure I pronounce that correctly. You know, the face mask. What's what's next on the, the journey? Um... Yeah, it's 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 a question. I think maybe um, as I start the process of winding down a little, I mean, I am getting on a little bit, um, is to start making a shift at some stage, maybe to more uh, teaching kind of thing, uh, because the kind of the amount of work I'm doing now and seeing so many patients every day is just, I feel is unsustainable. So um, on, on the long run. Um, so I've really got myself into... Something which is uh, no, it's great, I'm, I, and I don't don't want to sound uh, like like I'm complaining, but I realise that I can't go on like this um, uh, forever, and I and I don't want to. I want to also do other things and maybe spend time, spend more time with my uh, family, maybe a little bit more travelling. So I've become all um, consumed uh, by this by choice, by choice. Um, but I've realised that. Um, I'm going to need to uh, introduce more balance uh, to my life uh, at some stage. 
If not, it's going to all come crashing down. But, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> well, you know, I think, as, as our friend Jason would say, it's about becoming spaceless and timeless and obviously moving mm. with the course, you know, online. Um, it'd be great to check out the, the course you do. But I think there's, there's a real niche you're building for yourself um, in the whole artistry aesthetics, you know, alienization there's lots of a's there i think there's a campaign in there somewhere rick take a note of that there's definitely a campaign in there somewhere <laughs> but, um you know uh, to 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 be because one of the things that, you know i'm really passionate about myself for doing is creating this this next generation of you know of, of aesthetics you know we we don't want to we know you know where the market's been i think there's a point where it's just got we've got to kind of cut it off and go right this is where it is yeah it sometimes it's not optimal like you said there's a dark side to it um, this is where it needs to be. And it needs to be there in three to five years time because, you know, the world just took a massive kick in the nuts, right? It was, and yeah, yeah. changed. retail has changed. Travel has changed. You know, yeah. the way we buy has changed and the demands being put on businesses have changed. Like people talking to a client this morning, talking about people want more of a relationship with you when they put a purchase at a certain point. So all of these things, you know, connecting, um, will for me create this you know aesthetic entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call it in in the future and you're i think you've got a real opportunity to to drive a new approach to how people mm. You know. mm. um, yeah so i i would say you know not that put in your spot go and do that yeah no and, and it's what i'm i'm pursuing with uh vigor and uh i'm you know and it's something i keep doing and uh especially on social media um which is you know sort of driving the message home and and i'll continue to do that as long as i can um but um yeah that's that's exactly where i see things um, where I see things going. So, yeah, I think we have that, we have that in common. We, we've been, we've been through a lot, you know, uh, Richard, we, we've seen the, the industry, um, you know, from, from a very early stage and how it's changed and, 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 yeah. and everything. But, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, and, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. so, so that, I mean, um, so I had hair yeah. when we first met. Sorry? I had hair when we first met. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> Richard, I don't believe you've ever had hair. I had a cheeky afro. It was quite afro. It was looking good. Um, <laughs> yeah, then I realised it was a bit tragic and got shaved. Um, the A game. There we go. Amy, I'm a, she's fired out this. The A game. The All the A's. I like that. Um, but um, so what, what you mentioned about right. Instagram, social media... Um, I just had a quick look. You've got 129,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a large number. It's, uh, it's something that has, I'm happy to say, grown organically. And I think that people identify with the message. Um, mm. and, and, and so that's what it is. It's, uh, um, a lot of people are, are uh, fed up or they're worried, concerned, they're anxious about what's going on. And, uh, and, and I get a lot of support there on, on social media for, for, for what I'm doing. So it's great to have all that support and, uh, and, and one needs that kind those kind of numbers to really, um, you know, to, to, to bring on change really. Um, and, uh, that's what I feel 
I'm doing, and I think people there they sense that the authenticity that you know that it's uh, it, it's real and uh, and um, and so yeah, and so 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 that's it. It's it's fantastic. I think that's that's the way uh, to make change is really. Um, by using the kind of audience I have on social media um, to and, and their, their incredible support to to really continue with this uh, with this journey, I, I couldn't do it without them, and I couldn't do it without social media. I would always be very uh, restricted and limited. And so, from that point of view, I think social media is great. I mean, there's a lot of negative things about it, but from that point of view, it's great. You can really uh, bring about change um, through it. But it's hard work. It's another, you know, doing uh, Instagram, um, it's, it, it, it's like another job. It really is. So in between patients, I'm busy doing Instagram, and I'll, I'll spend a lot of time uh, on it um, with stories and, and all sorts of things. So, But, but, uh, but there's, it, there's a lot of um, joy and, uh, and, again, passion, really, associated with it. So it, it's, it's only – I'm only too uh, – happy and and uh, to be doing that and i feel blessed in that sense really i think one of the really nice things sorry one of the really nice things about your instagram account in particular is that also there's not just the whole like yeah fresh off the needle i did this five minutes ago and there's like blood yeah, yeah. it's like uh you know this is here's some lips that i did and this is them 18 months later because longevity is important guys like five yeah. minutes is not but 18 months Correct. is very important Correct. So I, I use uh, Instagram, and 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 Richard, I, I may have heard this from you, but it's to it's the two things I, I do is to to educate and to inspire, really. Um, so 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 those are with, and I try to do that with with all my posts, I, I, either consciously or subconsciously. But is to you know not just say, oh, you know, look how good I am. Here's a before and after. Well, you know, I mean, everyone's putting that stuff up, but. You know, here's something, and uh, this is what's behind it, and um, you know, and and these also are some of my concerns that I have about the industry, and and mm. so you know, there's there there is always a story. That's yeah. that's one of the key things: stories. Um, everything's about marketing is about storytelling, and your stories are you know, every, lots of people tell the same stories. It's about being a service provider. You know, get this treatment here. Very few talk about experiences and transformations. And that's one of the things that you do very well is talk about, you know, put some life on, into the, you know, into the treatment, um, which, which is, which differentiates you. And, and the evidence is there. You don't, 129,000 followers doesn't just happen overnight. It's consistency that beat brings. Yeah. Them. No, it is. It is consistency. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it, it's, it's something I've built, uh, built up, uh, slowly, but, uh, um, but yeah, I've been hard at it. Um, and also I, I don't need to, I'm in a position now where, you know, I, I don't need to be trying to sell stuff like that because I'm very fully booked and long waiting list and all that. So it's not, it's, I can, I can go a little bit beyond that. So in, in, in many ways, I'm lucky in that sense, but I've, I've put the work, uh, in it to get there. You see, so I can really now, and what I'm doing really is focusing more on, sort of the bigger picture and when I even when I put on my results I'm trying there's a bigger picture involved I'm trying to show to say look normal results can be achieved and they can be beautiful and they can be sexy um and and so so I can take it to that level now 
if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I think when, um, so a few co- sort of comments of coming through. So, um, once it's, you're a very humble man. It's very lovely. Wow. Um, uh, Amy, so I think, uh, for people considering treatment, it's comforting <laughs> to see consistently good results that you can get done without looking done, which is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 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 But Anita makes a really good point here. She, uh, Anita's saying, but the Love Island Brigade are really driving the scary progression of alienization. Mm. It's about ethics yeah. as a practitioner to halt this progression. That's a really good point. And I think, in my view, you're never going to stop it. We have a two tier sector, right? And you either kind of in this side of things or you're on that side of things. Um, no, you're so right. And what, and I talk about this, it's about damage limitation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, no, it really is. It, and, and, and I talk about it. It's damage limitation. It's like, I realize this is not going to stop. Um, and you know, in, in, in with some people, it's just, it's going to get, it's, it's going to get worse. And, and so, so, and so, it becomes an, an issue of what, what can we do to, to, to try and, and, and minimize this. And, and this is why I'm going to the practitioners and I'm, I'm, um, I'm turning the response to practitioners and I'm saying you actually have a duty of care as a practitioner mm. to first do no harm and you need to take that seriously. You can't be doing this kind of stuff. Um, and so, I'm hoping that that uh, I, I think that's the way that's the way to go. I think um, um, you know, and and also the manufacturing all as well. I think that um, I, the other thing Sorry, is, I, no, that's all right. I wonder whether I wonder whether we're actually seeing some like face fashion, and I wonder what will happen in the future when suddenly snatched jawlines and you know the whole pillow face look is out of fashion and what problems are we going to see then and what complications are we going to be because if we look back through kind of like bodies through the ages from with more like of a fitness kind of head on um we had the like skin and bone look and then we like everyone's now into like big booties and everything else and there's the whole load of injuries and stuff that come with that from a training point of view and I think faces are no different. And I think the way that perhaps practitioners can set themselves apart is you've got that low end of the market that's charging, you know, 99 quid for a mill or whatever and saying, but you can have your Love Island lips. But actually, why don't we have another, you know, the upper tier of the sector that's actually just saying, again, talking about longevity rather than talking about fast fashion. And it's like, you know, the two are very different and then very obviously different, particularly when fashion start to change. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Very true. I do think people are going to regret at some point having any snatched around their <laughs> face. <laughs> people are going to regret that. Definitely going to regret that. This is horrendous. <laughs> but, you know, I think that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Some people regret. I mean, tattoos. Richard, do you regret any of your tattoos? No. Uh, yeah. Actually, funny enough, you do. You see that. <laughs> but you know, it's not saying regret. It's just a kind of look at them and think shit what was i thinking you know um and some of them is you know and then i start laughing because there's a great story behind it <laughs> but, uh, but um you know it's often warship in gibraltar often but anyway but um but i think you know we had the same thing with breast implants back before you know the two because the 2008 um credit crunch essentially killed the breast implant market but before then um it was you know boom time and it was, you know, credit driven. So, you know, I remember when I left, when I left, you know, school, which I couldn't get, couldn't get a loan to buy a motorbike, but yet someone could get a loan for breast implants, 4K. Um, everything, you know, it grew. We saw 
we saw it happening. We knew what was happening. Um, I remember being sat in front of a, a surgeon and saying, you know, what is it you look for with implants? And he said to me, price. And he mm. didn't buy my implants. He bought another com- uh, competitor's um, for £25 an implant. Right. 25 quid, right? I, the implants we were selling were nearly 200 And no one ever asked why. And this mm. is the thing that me right now, right, is all these years later, no one asked why. Um, no one took responsibility for going, how can someone manufacture an implant that's 25 quid? Whereas yours are 200 So Yeah. So, and the re- obviously the reason is, is because they were PIP implants. And mm. that was that, and that was the impact. So the constant erosion of price, the constant drive of, you know, commercialization destroyed that entire market. And I don't want the same thing to happen in aesthetics, which is why I fight quite hard for what we're doing. Mm. Pricing, ethics, look at what you're doing, because we want, you know, this is where I've, you know, I've chosen to make my living. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm very, very, you know, passionate about and supportive of that. So I went into a bit of, went on one there a little bit. But anyway. No, that's uh, cool. It, it happened. <laughs> it hit my head. And another thing. <laughs> but yeah so i think you know what's gonna happen over like what i can see happening is this two this split can't save everybody gonna have to let some of them go off you go guys that's you go and have fun over there that's absolutely fine go and do what you need to do this side of the pond however is about artistry longevity as you said it's about higher pricing better quality of client coming through the door all these things that's where we want to be I'll get, off yeah. my, I'll get off my soapbox. No, well said. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, Amy said, my, my tattoos are regret. It's not regret. It's definitely not regret. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so um, find, find, this, this sort of moves off the final sort of thoughts then. So if it's, you know, if you were to sort of summarize, you know, someone who's sort of like, you know, <clears throat> Not there's not coming into the sector. We're not going to do that. But you know, someone who's been in the sector for a few years has you know developed you know a decent business, but wants to take that next step. Wants to take that next level. Maybe you know take full time. You know, create a, a real living for it. What kind of advice would you give someone who said that? Yeah, I would say um, that if you feel passionate and I think you really should about this um, or really about anything you pursue then you really need to harness that and uh, develop it and um, and put it to good use um, and you know I mean with, with what I do and uh, it's really it's um, it's 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 a it's a way of living it really is I know it sounds cliche but my god you know it's like you 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 eat it, you sleep it. It's just constantly there, and you really have to, um, you you really have to feel it, you know. And and you talk about the emotional side of things, and and it's so 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 important. Um, and also the kind of things that we were talking about, um, and really, um, you know, develop develop your artistry, and um, um, and so 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 that's the kind. Um, of, of advice I, I would give, but, you know, make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. Um, 
Stevie was saying as well. You 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 really do. Um, you know, if if you if you're just going into to make to make money, I mean, you'll have some measure of success, but you won't really truly um, have that kind of fulfillment beyond the sort of monetary kind of of of, of things. So you really and, and you guys, and I know you, Richard. You, you know, you, you you really feel it, and and a lot of the things that you do is it's 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 with your heart, you know, and that's I think that's that's the key. Cool. That's, thank you. you know, uh, that's great to hear um you know that there are there are a few of us we're out there right you know no hair wrinkles but you know driving the right way and and <laughs> the thing is there's no, there's there's no right way to do the wrong thing that's what it all comes down to for me yeah. driving yeah. right so before we finish um i like to do finish off all of these with the the 10 most important questions in the world oh i should have read them yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to read them before. You have to just come up with answers on the spot for these. Okay, so here we go. Right, so are you ready? He's, he's desperately searching for them. Is there, no, it's fine. No. Is, there, is there a time limit? No, okay. No, no, there's no time limit. Right. Right. No, no, so the 10 most important questions in the world. Are you ready? Yes, right. but you guys have to give your answers. No, this is for you. Oh, all right. It's for you. Just for you. <laughs> so, I've already done this with Stevie. So, <laughs> much so question one Beatles or Elvis El- Elvis 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 I mean Elvis is still alive though right he is he's alive and <laughs> well living in Crucian <laughs> <laughs> yeah the king the king the king I mean, absolutely king. Elvis, of course yeah. Elvis, Elvis the Beatles are overrated sorry guys uh, a little bit a little bit a little bit massively <laughs> Massive, massively overrated. Massively. Sorry, <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> so, question two. Uh, Superman or Batman? Oh, Batman. I mean, that suit, come on. Dark black suit. I, yeah, I wouldn't walk around dressed as Superman. I'd walk around dressed as Batman. Not, in, crou- not in crouching. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people do that walking around. It's like, yeah, we're well, going to go to the shop. Sometimes when I look at my kids when they're like five years old going to <laughs> test just as Batman, I was just seriously jealous. Just like, you know, why can't that be me? I'm imagining um, Steve spending his retirement like that. Yeah, exactly. So when you've when you've moved on from injectables, you're like, right, well, I might, well, I should become a Batman in person. <laughs> I think Batman has more personality. I think. I think he's a bit more trouble. There's more going on there. I think. I like yeah. that. So one of the, my, one of my missions was to is to introduce comics to people, and I sent Stevie for a birthday a couple of Batman comics. It's like absolutely hooked. Batman is absolutely one of the things I love about Batman is um he just it's the complete absence of powers. So Superman is the polar opposite. That's actually how they created Batman, for those of you who are interested. Right, that's interesting. Superman is um essentially a Herculean god. And what right. is how do we follow it up? So they took Superman and effectively flipped him completely one eighty. So if you look at polar opposite, what? Batman is the opposite to Superman. Where Superman wow. has infinite powers, Batman has none. So the thing is, Steve, you're already ahead of Batman because you already have superpowers with a needle on the end. So they expect you to become a superhero soon, really. There we go. So yeah. So Batman. Yeah, I know. I know loads of this shit. This is why I write you. (laughs) Um, Are you a night owl or an early bird? Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. I find early birds really odd. Right. Right. They're, they're strange people. Um, I, I don't know if you can trust them or not. That's one of the. 
Okay, you okay? You're getting yourself into trouble. <laughs> what time was I up this morning, Steve? What time was I up this morning? Oh, you you were up at four, weren't you? Yeah. Four was it four? Half past four. I got this morning because I'm an early bird. This is late for me. I should be in bed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just started. This is like, yeah, I'll watch a movie after this. Go and invent something. <laughs> <laughs> Apple or Android. I I had to say this, but Apple. It's just because I've been tied in. Uh, they they got me. They got me. There's almost I feel like no way out. I absolutely. I mean, ecosystems are the way forward, right? And I'm going to introduce you to the the next uh, Apple gadget you're going to get, which is called AirTag. Have you come across AirTag yet? No. So basically, it's like a little. Um, disc I've, I've got some of them around somewhere oh my god is this the disc that you use to um find things which you've yes. now lost absolutely no no i know where the discs are <laughs> put them in stuff one's in my bag over there and um actually one's in the bike but yeah you, you get these little discs and you can you can use your phone to basically ping them and track them it's, they're brilliant so i've got one of my keys i've got one on each of the bikes amy's got one in her handbag i'm thinking about getting one and sticking them on the children so you <laughs> And um, yeah, it just like basically tracks you. So it's just awesome. But yeah, the Apple ecosystem is, it's it's brilliant. And that I think, sounds, do you Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, so there we go. So I get us those. All the time, like, yeah, I would I would just put them everywhere. You're looking for your keys. You're like, oh, I can't find my keys. You know what, I'll take my phone and I'll go for it. And you just go ping and it pings your keys. But when you that ping your keys, also you can use the app to basically just like a, you know, like a Geiger counter, I suppose. And just like, you know, there it is. Ah, the most radioactive <laughs> in the room. There's my keys. Excellent. Found them. Brilliant. Genius. That is clever. Moving. Anyway, moving on. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? Oh, man. No, I, so I don't do either. You, you don't have to ask that. I'm, yeah, I missed the boat there, I'm afraid. If you, what would you recommend? I don't have time for games. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. Brilliant answer. I should have thought of that. I used to play PlayStation <laughs> once upon a time, but now I don't have time. Yeah, I t- I've bought, I've had every, almost every console that you can imagine just sat there in boxes. Um, PlayStation Portable, there you go. That's probably the last one that I actually had that was any that I ever used. Um, who's, yeah, who's got time for games? I'm too busy inventing stuff. <laughs> Inventing stuff at eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, absolutely, you, you know, do it out doing shit. You know, creative things. So, but my, yeah, my kids, um, the PlayStation and Xboxes, they've got a lot. Yeah. What do they prefer? Uh, I think we're probably more PlayStation. I think in this in this place, or Sony. Um, yeah, I still because you know. I'm of that age where I sort of grew up not trusting Microsoft. I still have that kind of thing in me a little bit. You know, Bill Gates was just, you know, a Batman <laughs> all the way through my life. And then Windows came out and it's just a bit weird. And, you know, yeah, so we can't quite go down Xbox route just yet. Sorry, Fair Bill. Enough. Sorry, Bill. Right. Um, Favourite movie? Uh, probably something like... Um something really meaningful like the deer hunter i would say maybe it's always something that i don't have you seen that do you know what i have um but i've re- i recorded it on tv a while ago to watch it's and very I've not long watched it yet. so well you know i'm a night owl so i'm gonna watch it after <laughs> yeah 
Very good, very good. Something I like how you I like how you you so, something meaningful. That's just such a North London thing to do. <laughs> oh, is it North oh, yeah, oh yeah. right. Yeah, so it's like you know, can't say Titanic or anything like that. So I'm going to go something meaningful. <laughs> uh, Deer Hunter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're very passionate <laughs> <laughs> with your your laws of the North. Um, what is the song that you rock out to? Oh man! So okay, I I do like um, so I listen to classical. I mean, I, is this is this a bad thing to say? I mean, like I do like sort of like Beethoven's Ninth and that kind of thing. You know, I don't. But but I like uh, I like sort of uh, uh, club techno type music, um, typically without words. I can't deal with words in, in music so much. Okay, that's right. Have you tried mashing them together? Pete Tong and the Heritage Orchestra will be right up your street because the Heritage Orchestra of Pete Tong is absolutely amazing. Oh, and I used go. to rock out to Chopin in my granny's car. So there is something you don't know about me. And I am so glad that I just put that out there for everyone to know. Awesome. Okay, so we're learning. So Pete, well, Pete Tong and Heritage Orchestra, I would look at that one. But... I'm with you on the classical stuff, and because sometimes, especially when you, when I'm travelling yeah. um, through, through London, can't be doing with heavy mu- with heavy music. And have you ever tried this, listening to exactly. a waltz when you're on the underground? To what? Listening to a waltz while you're to on what? the underground. A waltz? No, I haven't. <laughs> Try it. It actually makes it uh, really funny. <laughs> I don't go on the underground. All right. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend going on the underground just to listen to a waltz. But um, I if I do, I will. No. Yeah, but but I like. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, classic. As you get older, I like, I'm a Bach fan. I like Mozart. Big Mozart fan, actually, because um, you know, um, and the, f- the film Amadeus is one of my favourite movies because the music's fantastic. It's a great movie. Have you seen Amadeus? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, but I will. Put, I'm not a big movie person. I can't sit yeah, still yeah. for very long, so I I will try and watch it. But I normally have to watch these things in like twenty minute chunks because I literally can't sit still. So I'll put it on the to do list, maybe for the yeah. bike when I'm indoors in the winter. Yeah, you should. I think you'll, you'd enjoy it. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's a very old film. You know, I think it was made before you were born. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. You'll I agree. It. Okay. Uh, sun, sun or snow? Oh, somewhere in between. You know, I'm not a huge fan of sun, especially not in London. If there's a beach, then I would say sun, sun, sun. Yes. Somewhere in between. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) Kind of a bit lukewarm. (laughs) (laughs) Not too hot, not too cold. Mild. That's it. (laughs) Not going out there. No. (laughs) But then when you go, you take when you take a holiday. So your family are in Toronto. So you go to Canada a lot, or when you can. I do, yeah, I do go there, and um, I, I, you know, I, perhaps I'm a, I, I'm a winter baby, but I do prefer winter, strangely enough. Uh, and I know that I'm in the minority. Um, most people prefer um, the summer and the sun. Um, it's just that when it's so, you know, radiant and, and lovely out there and sunny, it doesn't always match how I feel inside, and therefore it makes I feel worse. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, Whereas if and then I, you know, then I can yeah, identify with it more. It does. It does make sense. Not that I feel grey all the time, but do you get... Yeah. I understand, yeah. So will you, um, you'd be happiest in like a beautiful sun, a sunny day, but it's just fucking freezing cold? 
No, I'm just happy in London. The weather, I mean, the awful weather here suits me fine. Because yeah, if you like that, I highly recommend <laughs> Auckland Islands. That would give you to be really happy there. Um, um, okay, last two questions. So uh, do you have a go-to uh, book, like a business book, or do you have like a go-to kind of... Um, yeah, your book. Your book's amazing. Oh, Now's the time you. to promote your book. Hold it up. Is it there? Um, yeah, I've got a few of them knocking around. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm penned in by table and bike. No, the other book. Actually, oh. that's been that's been discontinued. Oh, not that one. Okay, this one. This one. This one. Oh, there we go. I'd recommend that. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank so, you. interestingly, uh, you, well, yeah. people may find it interesting. Um, it's being updated um, as we speak. There'll be a, a new edition coming out on the 6th, well, 6th of December, ready for Christmas, because it needs updating because... And what's going to... You are, sorry? What's going to be different about this book? Well, um, it was written in 2016, and quite a lot's happened since then. Yeah, world's changed. <laughs> yeah, so, and I, I've written, I wrote some um, chapters for, actually, for Changing Minds, and I've, I wrote Changing Minds, the second book, and I don't I don't like it. I just, I, I pulled it from from... Um, read from the shelves. I just don't like it. But there's some bits in there that need to go into that book, and I need to write another one. So I'm actually working with a writing coach now to rewrite uh, oh. Changing Faces to get that out for December. But the second book will be out in the middle of next year. So, okay. um, and, and a writing coach is this just someone who motivates you to write, or does the writing for you? No, no, no. I I, I want to write the story myself, but it's someone you need. You know, everybody needs coaches. Even coaches need coaches. Um, you know, I've had I've had mindset coaches. I have a very very annoying performance, nutrition, and mindset coach currently. Um, <laughs> pain in the ass um, yeah but that's like a pain in the ass is the best kind of nutrition coach right exactly yeah like if i'm looking at an eccles cake i've just got this voice in my head going don't eat that but um <laughs> there, there's no such thing as bad foods just consequences yes well done you are learning i'm so proud <laughs> so um but yeah and and i felt you know changing faces i kind of felt like i fluked it because its story just came out of me and it was essentially 15 years of experiences in the aesthetics market. And I found the second book really difficult to write. So um, I need someone to work with me to get the story out. And that's essentially what we yeah. need to, that's what we're doing. Fair enough. You've got a book in you, Steve. Absolutely have. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the time at some stage. Yes, I think so. But not right now. It's too right much. Now. I'm imagining Steve sitting there in his Batman costume, writing his book <laughs> in the depths of winter. It's sunny outside. Like there's a film in there already because I just made it in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cold as hell. He's got the heating off. Yeah, because he's Batman. So <laughs> who needs heating, right? Somewhere Botox is used. So uh... <laughs> right. And the final question. This is my right. Favorite. So I think about this one is what's the best bit of advice you have ever received? Oh, um, funny. Um, go with your gut feeling. Uh, yeah. So learn to trust your inner self and, 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 and go with that. Um, really. Um, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that we, we get in a situation where we, um, where we kind of demand approval from others all the time. And I think it's okay to want approval, but if you're uh, demanding of it and doing things to gain the approval of others, then, then, then you're not doing it right. So I think you need to um, 
um, learn to trust your, your inner self and go with that. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. Dr. Steve Harris, it has been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. That was fantastic. Like, there's nothing more to be said. There, there we go. Like, <laughs> drop it. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> there we go. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, on behalf of everyone at Set It Entrepreneurs, thank you for joining us this evening. Um, Likewise. Always been great. Always great catching up with you. Um, I think we're long overdue uh, lunch at Balance, so we'll sort that one out. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with you. We'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely, sounds great. Enjoy the rest of your evening and take care. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Balance Radio. Thank you Subscribe now for tips, insight, and stories to enhance, empower, educate, and elevate your business to new heights.